0: Man, come on, be gracious to your pastor. You know, he can't sing that well. In fact, not well. You can't even sing. <laughs> and so, but um, we're grateful. We're glad you made it tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, you are a precious, precious group of people. Um, 2020 would not be what it was without you. Uh, you mean so much to us. And it is because of you, we are where we are, and uh, God ultimately, but your faithfulness uh, is what allows my wife and I to keep waking up every once in a while and say, you know what, let's do more let's do more, let's do more, let's do more, sometimes our hands are so tight with things, we got so many things, as I said this morning, we finished revival in September with Pastor Ellen we moved on from there, uh, shortly after that, we had to move from our old place to a new place uh, We in that move, it just took so much of our time, uh, nearly a few weeks of just moving and moving and constant, the moment that was done, uh, MPSJ uh, we needed to submit documentation to MPSJ just to get a renewal on our license that took nearly three weeks to a month just to get ironed out because um, the whole process has changed we submitted the first set of documents uh, they initially said okay um, and and like I was telling some of you MPSJ was like my second home the number of times I've had to run in and out in and out in and out in and out but just to get this thing sorted out uh, by the grace of God documents have gone in on Friday we are on the on track to getting our license renewed Uh, it's a lengthy process when you're a church uh, you can open a bar you don't need your neighbors to approve (laughs) <laughs> but when you open a church, you need your neighbours to approve, ha, Delisha. <laughs> we had to get their signature, to say, okay, you can function here, uh, and you're allowed to function here, and it's a lengthy process, I'll tell you, this. They, these guys were telling me, pastor, you should write a book, because every time I go to MPSJ, I got a story to tell, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> I wish I can write a book on it, and make money, but anyway, maybe I might be a town planner one day, <laughs> and and whatever the scenario is uh, i am glad we are on the on the right track we are in the process of that approval and so god is good church god is good and so let's press on and let's believe god for a fruitful uh, 2021 tonight moving on into our sermon i've been preaching a series i've called the Nine. Hallmarks of a Transformed Life And if anything is true about this series It is a time of reflection It is a time for us to examine our hearts And to identify how much of Christ's likeness we have in us And uh, I don't preach these sermons. I don't preach it to condemn or to bring judgment. Uh, You know that I love you and I want people to encounter and experience God in their life. But I want you to know, beloved, it's necessary that we use these nine gifts that the Bible calls fruits of the Spirit to identify how much of Christ we truly have. it's not enough to simply say I'm a Christian you've heard me say this over the past several weeks it's not enough to simply say I know Jesus it's not enough to simply say I've said a prayer of repentance I've accepted Jesus into my life but what is not worthy and necessary is how much of my life has become like Christ and these fruits the fruit of the Spirit Uh, These fruits tonight, beloved, are are, are hallmarks, trademarks that begin to describe how much of Christ and whether or not our lives are truly filled with Jesus. And this is why, this is why this is necessary. So let's let's take off where we've left off tonight, Galatians chapter 5. If you would turn there, the book of Galatians. This will be the second last uh, session before we close off next, next Sunday. And so as we bring this down to a close, um, my hope is that we would be able to make this into a book, um, be able to do something we did. Uh, uh, this, this is one of the things, if you look at my sermons, um, I can probably write about 20 books now. I would have written 20 books now because if you just put all the sermons together, tuck, 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 they'll all fall in place somehow. I just need to think of a subject and a title. Uh Uh, And so, uh, uh, but the truth is that um, I want to be very careful uh, about what God has for us. And so, considering this tonight, I want to make this statement to you again. The Christian life tonight, the Christian life isn't only about forgiveness of sin, but it also involves a changing of character. Christianity as we know it, you've heard me say over the past several weeks, is holistic. It involves life in its entirety. It's not just one segment of your life or a certain part of your life. When you are truly a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, when you have truly given your life to Christ, and as the Bible says in Galatians 2:20, it is Christ who lives in me. If Christ truly lives in us, beloved, then there must be something more. That we can see in our lives There must be the developing There must be the growing There must be the maturing Of the characteristic of Christendom and that's why it's important that we grasp we this and we grapple with this because it's important that we identify the fact, beloved, that many Christians say they're forgiven of their sin. Many Christians are under the assumption that they're going to heaven. Many Christians are under the assumption that, you know what, Jesus is in my heart and He lives in me, but they don't have those characteristics to prove that point and i want to talk to you about the nine tonight out of galatians chapter 5 i feel so fresh i slept (laughs) i usually don't and that's why i'm tired most of the not most of the time i'm not but you know it's like you know how you have those um, uh, that wind up toys, you know, and then, you know, at 4 a.m., you start winding, you know, and then you start moving, you're alive, you know, way, and then suddenly, you know, by the time it's coming to the second service, and turn with me to Galatians 5, you're tired, you're tired, you know, and so I slept today, uh, so you, you you and i are in for a treat <laughs> galatians 5, 22 to 25 uh, when you when you sleep you sleep well brother victor came to me the other day on friday night uh, saturday last night after book wrapping uh, he came to me he says pastor now i understand why you're so tired you've been doing M.P.S.J. work uh, <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Galatians 5 to 25. The Bible tells us here, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, long uh, sorry, self control. And against such, there is no law. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in. The Spirit. So a person's character bears witness of their relationship with God. A character of a person, how a person lives their life, and how a person carries their uh, attitude and their uh, attribute as an individual emphasizes to you and me where their relationship with God truly stands. As important as, a char- as important as our characters are, it is as vital this evening as our relationship with God. And I want to challenge you as we bring this down to a close. Don't let this series be another set of sermons that you hear and dismiss. That's why as you take notes, and if you've been taking notes, reflect on them. Uh, I was very encouraged. I think uh, someone was sharing with us the other day, and for the sake of personal uh, protection, (laughs) I won't say, uh, because I don't know, I didn't run this through with them, Uh, but they take notes of the sermon, and when they go home, they begin to listen or they begin to reflect back on the notes of the sermons that were taken. And I tell you, that makes a difference. Don't just write them down for the sake of writing them down. Uh, it's important that you write them down. I have notes that I've taken down from 2001, from the first time, when the first I walked into church. I have those, you know, those days they used to sell those notebooks from Giant. I used to buy them with a little dino on it, you know, uh, dinosaur notebooks, and we used to write notes in it. And until today, I think you came over to my house, Siva, the other time, and I had a stack of notebooks, sermon notes that I've taken from 2001 and I still pick them up every once in a while. Uh, Pastor Stacy Dillard, Pastor Alan say, Pastor Roy Soblaski, all the revival messages I heard, foundational classes that I've gone through, all of that and just reflect back on it. It helps. It greatly helps. And so uh, I want to challenge you, don't dismiss these sermons just like that. If you take these messages to heart and you go back, it will truly challenge and help you in your walk with God. And so let's talk tonight about gentleness. Because the next virtue the Bible speaks about in the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit of gentleness. And I want to talk to you about being gentle as a dove. And I know that gentleness, as most of us have considered it, It is always seen as a form of weakness. But I want to bring some understanding concerning the Spirit, because gentleness indeed is a power, or is a virtue of power. It is displayed with the absence of aggressiveness, that when gentleness is present, you need not raise your voice or be militant to a certain degree to convey a message across, but in your gentleness that people feel and sense, they begin to embrace what you say to them. And many a times we have this false notion that the only way people are going to listen to me is if I shout at them, I scream at them, I yell at them, I demand from them, if I begin to throw a tantrum, my wife will do what I want her to do, my husband will do what I want him to do, so on and so on. We feel that somehow aggression is the way to get things done. But when you are truly saved, gentleness that's present. When the Holy Spirit resides in your heart, you can speak with gentleness and it carries with it extraordinary power. I've heard some pastors who preach very calmly, gently, and some of the most powerful messages that you will hear. No bells and whistles, screaming, shouting, yelling, and all of that. And I know there's a place for that. You know, we we want to make our sermons heard as pastors. But I'm just saying that, beloved, we must never have the misconception that the only way, the only way I can get a message across is through aggression. And So let's talk about gentleness for a few moments. And obviously... We are all wired differently. I, I, to a certain degree, am a very aggressive person. By nature, I get things done very pa papa. I'm very aggressive in the things I do. To a certain, I can say things aggressively, and I will share with you my own personal story about how I've had to, uh, to a certain extent, uh, calm myself down. To a certain degree, I've had to restrain myself so that I can be a testimony to people. Now, the Greek word for gentleness is the word praetis, P-R-A-U-T-E-S. Now, according to its description, it describes the quality of not being overly impressed by a sense of self-importance. Listen to that not being consumed or impressed by a sense of self-importance. That's critical. Hold on to that. It is a quality of gentle friendliness, gentleness, meekness, as strength that accommodates to another's weakness, consideration, restrained patience, Patience, trust in the midst of difficult circumstances That's gentleness It's staying calm even in the hardest of times Without jumping or becoming aggressive It is that spirit of patience that you hold on to trust In the most difficult of circumstances It is better known as power under control The word gentleness can also be described in two words Controlled strength That means you have the strength for it You have the ability to get things done a certain way But you choose to be amiable and tender A spirit that eliminates contention A spirit that eliminates aggressiveness Gentleness in essence is undergirded by love And years ago, I'll tell you my story Uh, Even after my salvation, uh, my wife is my witness, my parents know this well, Uh, I was still a very temperamental person. Uh, And I got saved, no doubt. I was forgiven of my sin, I I felt bad at times. I will snap, I will get angry, I will argue with people. Um, But one of the things I was proud about was that I was a bastion of justice. And when I say that, I cannot stand seeing somebody getting violated by someone else. And so when I stand, for example, if I stood at a counter and I saw an elderly person being scolded by the counter staff, I felt that it was my sense of responsibility to go up to the counter staff and say, you don't talk to the person like that. Or if I saw someone on the road who was being bullied by somebody else, I felt the need to step out and step in and say, no, you don't talk to them like that. I always felt that I wanted to represent that bastion of justice, raise my voice, get my way, say what I need to say and get away. And I can tell you, beloved, nine out of ten times, I can tell you stories, I always succeeded. I got my way. Really, I did. That was the danger. Because I got what I wanted. I f- I would fight, I would argue, I would demand, I would put in my requests. I will do everything I can in aggression no, I, 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 let me be clear. It wasn't that I was cussing or swearing or using vulgarity, none of that. But I just knew. Some, my parents used to say, you should have just been a lawyer. They know that, that I argue with them and they know that I can always get my way. It was just something that I had not proud about it. I'm embarrassed by it, if anything could be said today. But what I had to learn is I had to learn in the process of God changing my life to be gentle and get what needed to be done. And even as I'm dealing with this MPSJ situation now, I can tell you, beloved, <laughs> in the past, many of these men know, Siva, Victor, these guys know, I, walked, I would walk into their meeting room, I would demand my way. Because I knew I was right. I had a sense of arrogance. and I did not fear doing stuff like that. It was like, <laughs> I want my way. But this time around, why it took so long is because I think God has changed me. I've learned to be more patient. I've learned to be more gentle. I've learned to be more polite. I've learned not to raise my voice. And I thank God because I can tell you there's more peace living life like this. Than the past And so one thing We must learn Is that in gentleness It is being able To express empathy Why do people Become aggressive Why is there An absence of gentleness Now I'm not saying That we allow people To bully us I'll close with that At the end Being gentle as a dove Doesn't mean you become Naive and stupid Being gentle as a dove doesn't mean that we allow people to wrap us around their finger and do what they want to do against us. I will show you from Scripture, even Jesus, the one of the most gentlest person to walk the face of the earth, did not tolerate those nonsense. So I'll teach you at the end of this sermon what are some of the things Jesus did, but aggressiveness is the result of insecurity. The lack of support. You know when you have a gang with you and you have five people walking behind you, you are confident. But when you don't have those support groups behind you, when you don't have that support, you find yourself in a place where you always feel the only way people are going to hear me is if I raise my voice and if I express aggression. Because that's the only way they will respect me. We always come to this place where we sense we are fighting alone without anyone on our side. So therefore, this spirit of aggression is a defense mechanism. 1 John chapter 4, verses 4, the Bible tells us, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who's in you is greater than he who's in the world. Can I tell you, if God is on our side, who can be against us? You must walk around with that confidence. You don't have to keep fighting to get your way. You must learn to somewhere in life, trust God and realize that God will do what He wants to do in your life. Be patient, be quiet and just accept that and say, God, I am leaving this to you because no matter what they do against me, no matter how they bully me, no matter how evil they may speak about me, guess what? God, you are still on the throne. I'm not that important. Gentleness is the elimination of self importance. When we take ourselves too personally, we find ourselves being so defensive all the time. We want people to hear us. We want people to know what we have to say. We want people to think a certain way about us. Listen, beloved, you can be in church. You can think anything about what you want to think about me. I may not be able to change that about you. And no matter what you think about me, I'm not going to become defensive because my reliance is on God, not on you. Are you getting what I'm saying? That enables you and I to stay gentle. To stay calm. And this is vital because the lack of gentleness is also apparent in a person whose life revolves around themselves. They don't care what other people think, it's about pleasing themselves. I say it as it is. I don't care how the person feels. Who cares? I just say what I want to say. They never want to step out of their comfort. You realize there are people today in our culture, there is a lack of empathy. Do you care how the other person feels? Sometimes you can make a statement, but it's so harsh. I remember a young man come to church and there was another gentleman who made a statement. To him. He says, why can't you learn to be kind? Because we can be so harsh with our words. Without, without sensing how someone else may feel. We must learn from these that the spirit of gentleness is a spirit that carries with it redemption. It's a spirit that begins to understand that you are not like this because you want to be, you are like this because of things you may have gone through in life. And I can be aggressive with you. I can be, you know, hard-hated with you. But the spirit of gentleness expresses compassion. We have a proper view of ourselves. And what we realize is, you know what? We are also sinners. And if someone else may be doing something wrong, we have to be compassionate to realize maybe God has not changed them in that area. You may have been perfected in that. That's one of the things I've learned as a pastor, even in my preaching. You and I are not equal in our relationship with God. Some are closer, some are further, some are nearer, some are distant from God. Some have better understanding and revelation. Some don't have understanding. Some people don't pray because they've not caught the revelation. Some people don't give because they've not caught the revelation. Now you can get upset, you can get angry, you can express your your aggression on people, but it does no good to you. That's why the Spirit, the Bible says, gentleness, you must remember, not everyone is where you are at. It's pace. Everyone in a race that people run. Some people are running at 5 kilometers per hour. Some are running at 7. Some are running at 10. Some are running at 15 kilometers. The pace is different. Everyone will reach the finish line at different times, which represents death, but everyone must reach the finish line. Gentleness helps you keep your heart right. Gentleness helps you to have compassion and empathy To how people feel I'm not telling you to be responsible of how people feel But I'm teaching you to be tender to people Sensitive to their emotions and feelings Learn to be vulnerable, not defensive It's okay if someone corrects you It's, It's not a big deal You're not that important Okay, I'm not, okay, I don't want to offend you. I'm not that important. Learn, learn to come to a place where, hey, look, I don't know it all. I'm not the smartest guy on planet. I could be wrong. But you know how many times we walk into a meeting or we walk into a session or we walk into, even in a sermon, and you hear the preaching of the pastor and you become defensive because who does he think he is? You think I don't know? ah? Gentleness is a spirit that says, Pastor, and again, I'm not saying because I'm a pastor, but I'm saying this because it's important. Pastor, tell me what wrong I'm doing. I'm not going to be defensive. I'm not going to be aggressive. I can take correction. And take it with a gentle spirit. You know, argumentative people are hard to be corrected. And you tell them something. Oh, what? 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 Have <laughs> you heard that? <laughs> I've met a lot of people like that. <laughs> you tell them what? What? Everything I do is wrong, lah. You're like, all right, all right. I won't tell you anymore because no need for me to deal with it. Not mine. Not mine. You stay like that. You just stay like that. When people say something out of care, beloved, have a gentle spirit. All right. We're living in a culture, beloved, that great, lacks great gentleness. That, sorry, that greatly lacks gentleness. People are being treated disrespectfully. And as believers, can I challenge you? This must never be us. Learn to be gentle with people, to have gentleness. You know, when you have a child, right? You don't take the baby, go to the baby car, <laughs> guess what happens? You break the child's neck, right? I remember years ago, my grandma. Um, uh, you know, they used to live in a landed property, and so one day the milkman came. You know, those days they used to order milk from the guy on the motorbike. Fresh milk every day would come, and so she ordered, and she was going to go take the milk. And so she's old, and so she's just she's getting out of the home, and you know, it's cement floor, and so as she's walking out, she trips but the thing was she had my cousin with her in her hand this boy fell to the ground thank god nothing but you know babies are fragile if you don't if you don't handle with care have you got you know things coming in on on uh, uh, lazada or or, you know on the freight you know handle with care and then you know i've gone to some of the logistic houses i won't tell you which one (laughs) But I've seen them play, <laughs> pass and throw in the logistic. Handle with care. Yeah, right. My wife and I were in one of them, and we said, "Propom, hey, tangkap lah." <laughs> it doesn't matter what it's on the box. It really doesn't matter. But since then, I never used that logistic company anymore. Whenever I buy anything on Shopee, I said, "Okay, no." No need to buy from them. <laughs> we go to someone who... Uh, because the truth is, we ignore them. And on everyone's life is the sticker, handle with care. And you know what we do? We be aggressive with them. We don't feel for them. We're not sensitive to what they're going through in life. We don't, you know, we don't get... Uh, uh, we don't have empathy and compassion. See, gentleness is learning to tolerate and be considerate. How many people have left Christianity today because of the way we've treated them? See, not everyone is like us. Learn to be gentle. Everyone has the sticker, handle with care. That's the truth, church. That's why the Spirit is so vital. Because I can tell you as I stand here how many couples I've heard that have left in divorce because, you know, have you read the recent story about um, Johnny Depp? Divorced his wife. I don't even remember her name. What's her name? Amber Heard, okay. And, And in the court case, you know what's coming out? He was abusive. He beat her up. Handle with care. Handle with care. Handle with care. Charles Swindle, the author, wrote these profound words. He says, In our rough and rugged individualism, we think of gentleness as weakness. Being soft and virtually spineless. Not so. Gentleness includes such enviable qualities as having strength under control, being calm, peaceful when surrounded by a heated atmosphere, emitting a soothing effect on those who may be angry or otherwise beside themselves, possessing tact and gracious courtesy that causes others to retain their self-esteem and dignity. Instead of losing the gentle gain, instead of being ripped off and taken advantage of, they come out ahead. You are not called to destroy someone's self-esteem. Sometimes by the time they get done with us, they are like, I'm good for nothing. Right? Because we have just caused them to feel that way. I was listening to a story recently, a doctor diagnosed a patient and uh, the way he diagnosed this patient, he turned around and told this patient very harshly that the patient had cancer and he began to scold him. What's wrong with you? <laughs> now, that's not a very good thing to do after a patient has just heard they've got cancer. You've got to have tech. You've got to treat people gently. You see, I remember talking to Victor's daughter and I said, how do you break the news to many of these patients, cancer patients? Because she's an oncologist and, and, and she began to share. She said, Pastor, it's one of the hardest things to do. You've got to share, you've got to express care, concern, how much you care for them. People can feel when you genuinely care, care for them. And to tell them, the last thing you need is to go and bombard them and tell them they have a problem without having any sense of empathy. This is the danger, beloved. We can be sadistic, we can be cruel, we can be sarcastic without being concerned of how people feel. Hey, how you like the food? Not nice lah, try better food. Kayla, you don't have to say it like that <laughs> Just tell us <laughs> that It doesn't really taste that good uh, You know, I've tried other you know, Not nice, in fact, uh, I tell you uh, You know what it tastes like uh, You know, toilet water <laughs> you, know, you know how they express sarcasm Cruel Wicked And then, you know Yeah, but I cooked it I, I, you know, I was, Who cares you cooked it I'd rather buy from the shop You're like, Why are you so cruel? You and I know people like that. Watch. Watch what you say, how you say it. Because when we lack gentleness, there's always a good way to say things. There's always a proper way of saying things. Let's look at Jesus. Let me give you three examples and then we close, okay? Luke chapter 19, verses 4 through 6. Luke 19, 4 through 6. Here's a story of a man. A man who's very short. And he obviously had the short man syndrome. He wanted to be heard. He wanted to be seen. <laughs> he wanted to be... <laughs> he wanted to be known. <laughs> and so, I remember this sitcom that we used to watch. <laughs> it's the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. And there's this shot guy who would fight with his brother. And so every time I talk about the short man syndrome, it brings me back to that. He would bite his brother's ears. He would, you know, he, he would attack his brother. And so it's hilarious. But Zacchaeus was a short man. The Bible says in Luke 19, 4-6, I want you to, want you to look at this passage. Let, let this passage minister to you, okay? Let it minister to you right here. In 4-6, through he ran ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Can you imagine Jesus, one of the most gentlest beings on the earth, right? He looked at Zacchaeus, this guy is a despised individual, people want nothing to do with, he's a tax collector, an outcast, the worst of all of them. People never wanted to get close to Him. Everyone looked at Him and they looked at Him as as an advantage taker. They looked at Him in, in cruelty. They looked at Him wickedly. But Jesus looked at Him and Jesus says, today I want to come and stay with you. Now, Jesus had all the right. Be careful that we miss what's happening here. Jesus had all the right to rebuke this man to call him out and say, you robber, you? You stealer? You wicked man? Get down of the tree now. Let me slap you. (laughs) Jesus didn't do that. What did Jesus do? Today, you will be with, I want to stay with you. This was gentleness. You know, it was being admitted. That means it wasn't just words, but Zacchaeus felt important. When you have gentleness in you, you make other people feel important. Even the people that may be a pain. Maybe the people may be hard to deal with. Maybe they may be, you know, not who you want them to be, but when you're gentle with them, if anything will draw them to Christ, it is your gentleness that your words are few and your words are mild, like nandos. And when they hear you, I told you I slept. You know when I preach like this, I slept enough and I'm feeling fresh. So my brain is thinking. And then you know, I have all these thoughts that come to me when I preach. (laughs) I maybe shouldn't sleep too much. (laughs) But the truth is, you're mild. How do you speak to people who others don't like? Oh, you are. You, you. I heard about you. They told me everything about you. I have learned, I've had to learn the hard way, even with the people who have stabbed us on the back, to be kind and gentle toward them. It's a choice. Because you know why? It's for my good. It helps me keep my heart right with God. When I'm aggressive with you, when I become upset and I went out bombarding words and I'm, you know, and all of that, I believe it just pushes me. I think there's a group of people who refuse to go back to church today, left churches that have violated or whatever it could have been. We're not here to talk about it, but the point is because they were treated cruelly without empathy. Someone in church may have said something evil to them. I've met so many of them. Oh, what's wrong with you? Why are you so fat? Beloved, I don't don't mean to... I'm fat. Let me go on record (laughs) and tell you. You can call me fat anytime you see me. I don't take it personal. I'll be honest with you. But there are some people, it offends them. Some people, it hurts them. Some people, it does, it does make them feel very small. You must learn to be empathetic to people. You must learn to guard your lips. Gentle, handle with care. Some things you say, some things you don't say. This is why it's important that we understand this. See, in Luke 23, 43, look at this passage with me. Jesus said to him Assuredly I say to you Today you will be with me in paradise Jesus and the thief Here we know the thief If you read the passage You know the thief insulted He hurled insults to Jesus He mocked Jesus he criticized Jesus. He was the rudest person in, in, in Scripture as you begin to observe next to Jesus on the cross. He was hurling, he was cussing Him out. He was doing all of this. And Jesus turned in all that pain and agony. He responded gently because Jesus had God living in him. You know what he said? Today, you will be with me in paradise. That very same man, Jesus was empathetic, showed compassion. What did Jesus look down from the cross and upon the soldiers, the Romans? He looked upon them. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know why we can be gentle? Because we understand that people do things they don't know what they are doing. They hurt you not on purpose sometimes because they are influenced by something. They say certain things just because they are influenced by someone or influenced by a situation or a circumstance. Learn to show grace to those people, don't take them at face value. I'm offended. You see, this is not only for us to be gentle with people, but it is also for us to remember that we have to learn not to take things too seriously. Sometimes we have to learn to be silent. Sometimes we just need to allow ourselves to be insulted and laugh it off, and life will be better for you. Amen. It will be. Because when you learn that I have to protect, I have to, I have to be defensive, beloved, there's no rest of mine. There's no peace. Learn to let people do what they want to do. You just live your life and have the Spirit of God inside of you. John 21, 19. This he spoke signifying by what death? He would glorify God. When he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. You know, the Bible is here referring to who? Peter. Peter was the man who denied Jesus. Peter was the man who talked big. Peter was the guy who said, I'll never deny you. He was the guy. Now, when Jesus came back from from the dead, we know that the first person Jesus aimed at, he said, you know, call all the disciples and Peter included. He specifically said, call Peter because our God is a God of second chance. But as he turned to Peter, he looked at Peter and he said to Peter, listen, if you, do you love me? Say, yes, feed my sheep, feed my lamb, so on and so forth. And Jesus at this time, he said, follow me. Jesus could have turned around at this time and said, oh, it's fine. When I Mati, you, you deny me. Huh? You neglected me, when I needed you the most. Now, when I when when here you are, oh uh, Jesus, I love you, Jesus. You realize Jesus could have done that to Peter? No, he was gentle. He responded gently. And he said, "Follow me. Come, 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 come back with me. I know you've made mistakes. Let's not talk about that. Come." That's the spirit of gentleness. Who have you shown gentleness to? Can we be gentle when we confront someone? I tell you uh, or can we be gentle? Come, let's talk. Let me tell you what's been going on. See, this is how God changes us. This is what Jesus expires for us to become. Show empathy, compassion let's close with this john 2 23 to be wise as serpent and gentle as dove isn't the call to be naive and foolish beloved i'm going to close very quickly here because normally by now your backside gets itchy i told you i slept Kind of stupid stuff comes to my mind when I sleep. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, you see them moving, you know, and now they want to get up and okay, stay, 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 stay. I'm going to finish. <laughs> to allow, just pray I don't sleep next Sunday. Because when I sleep, <laughs> I preach good. <laughs> I'm just fooling with you, church, but to be gentle isn't to be foolish, isn't to be naive. To be gentle is not to allow people to take advantage of you. Gentleness is not the license for someone to bully you. Please catch that. It doesn't mean, oh, you know, when they say something to me, I just have to like, what bodo. It doesn't mean you let people take you for a ride. There is wisdom in it. I want to make this statement to you. Gentleness must always be coupled with wisdom. That's what the scripture says. Be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. So gentleness must be coupled with wisdom. It goes hand in hand. Now, John 2, verses 23 to 24 says, Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all. Jesus? He didn't give himself to them? He didn't commit himself to them. How can Jesus do such a thing? He is the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He is the most gentle being on to walk the planet. How can he resist in committing himself to Him? It's like a marriage. Right? Oh, I love you. I love you with all my heart. I, but I don't want to get committed. I, I, I love you. I want to live with you forever. I want to die with you. I want to grow old with you. But... No marriage. So it's like Jesus is saying, you know me, but I'm not going to commit with you. Why? Jesus says, because he knew them. You know, we are doing the series on Pharisees now. Jesus knew their heart. Their heart was not in the right place. So even though Jesus was a gentle person, he had a line that he drew. He did not give himself. Can I encourage you? Despite the fact that you are gentle, it doesn't mean you have to do everything people tell you to do. Don't allow people to bully you. Don't tell, oh, the person want me to do it. I have to do it. No, sometimes, can I give you the two most powerful words? No. No, I can't do it. I'm sorry, no. No. I'm sorry, no. They can take it how they want, but you can say no gently. This is what Jesus is teaching us be wise, not be bullied, be wise. So where do we need to express gentleness? Three things. Number one, we need to express it in serving God and other people. 1 Thessalonians 2.7. I close with these three scriptures. I'm done. The Bible says, but we were gentle among you just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. Paul is referring to the church that gentleness is to be expressed in the church. We must be a people with gentleness and empathy in this church. We must treat people with dignity and respect in this church. There must be gentleness. That's what Paul is saying. Gentle among you in serving God and in serving other people. First Peter chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honour to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being asked, together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. You and I need, again in context, express gentleness to our loved ones. Learn to be gentle with your children. Learn to be gentle with your spouse. Learn to be gentle with the people who are staying and living with you. Learn to be gentle with your siblings. Learn to be gentle with your parents. Learn to be gentle with your loved ones. They may be wrong, but learn to be gentle learn to talk to them with gentleness learn to express to them with gentleness no you know what i won't do it that way there's gentleness in your speech tolerance in your speech compassion in your speech finally you and i need to be gentle when we correct and rebuke people Galatians 6 1 the Bible says brethren if a man is overtaken in any trespass you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness considering yourself lest you also be tempted if anyone has fallen right if anyone has fallen trespass sin they've walked away from God when they come, when they respond, with a spirit of gentleness, wait for them. Like the prodigal son, the father, didn't run after the son. Right? Do you realize that? That when the son said, I want to go, I want to go and have, uh, uh, he, he got his inheritance, he left. You never see in the Bible, the father, you know, hey, wait! <laughs> Don't go! The father quite quiet. Say, bila dia dia, sudah hilang semua, Biar dia I tunggu saja I'll wait I'll wait until he comes back He didn't chase him down Learn to respect people's decision Let them do what they want to do You're not called to police them You're not called to be a CID uh, And you know, keep an eye and, Oh, you know, you know I, I need you to do this and I Let them choose When they're ready They'll come Treat them gently Be gentle They may not like you Just be gentle Just be nice And I challenge you When you do that God will build His church That's the spirit We must all carry I have another illustration But I won't read it Because it's 51 minutes Bow your heads as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Tonight, as we are bringing the service to conclusion, I've said what I need to with the subject of gentleness.